All right, welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today is Tom Kleberad of Average Joe's Gaming Podcast and uh, Average Joe's Game Store. Tom, yep. how you doing? I'm doing real well. How about yourself? You know, trying to get through the day so I can get to this, you know, the fun part. <laughs> yeah, happy Monday. <laughs> That's right. So, Tom, you are part of the Average Joe's podcast with uh, Joe Hammerly. So does that make you the average part then? I w- I w- Joe would say so, yes. Joe would say that I'm the average one. But no, we're we're both pretty average. We're pretty average. So, Well, he, as I say, he calls me Tom the mustache. So Yes, yes, yes. I was joking with Tom that it was going to be Tom... Uh, yeah, Tom the mustache and Adam the beard. He's like, yeah. I, I got money on Adam the beard all the time. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no faith in you, I guess. So, Tom, how did you get into board gaming? Um, well, let's see. I, I mean, it goes back quite a ways. I was divorced about 23 years ago. Uh, and my kids would, you know, my ex and I get along real well. We share custody of the kids. But they were at the time 10 and 6. And we were looking for something to do, and and we went into a local store here called Dragons or Rainbow Cards and Collectibles, and they were playing a game called Mage Knights, which was uh, one of the first click games, like Hero Clicks. Only it was, yeah. it was the first click game, and my kids <laughs> fell in love with that game, and so we kind of jumped all into it, and we'd go to tournaments on that pretty regularly. I'd played board games, you know, all through high school and I played D&D all through high school, but I'd kind of let it go after, you know, after college, got married and had to have an actual job. And then we had kids and, but anyway, once the divorce happened, you know, looking for something to do, we went to the store to see what was going on. Cause I, I like always collected comic books as well. And uh, that got us into that. And I got to know the guy who ran the tournaments pretty well. And he says one day, well, you know, we do a board game night on Thursdays, if you want to ever come some night. And I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. Well, actually, no, that's not true. He introduced us to a group called IONS, which was, uh, or at the time, I think it was uh, Sioux Falls Area Game Sage. It was called Sage, Sioux Falls Area Gaming Enthusiasts. And um, they had a convention down in Sioux City, and they had one in Sioux Falls that they did. And so the boys and I went down to Sioux City to that convention. It was the first time I'd really ever been exposed to board games other than Monopoly or, well, that's not true. I guess I had played Diplomacy once a long time ago and we used to play. <laughs> and you lost every friend you were playing with uh, at the time. <laughs> no, but it is the only time I've actually been physically assaulted during a board game. Um, friend wow, of mine. I don't think I've been physically assaulted yet playing a board game. I got close well, one time at a game of Catan. Keep in mind, we were 17-year-old high school kids. Um, But, yeah, Buddy and I made an alliance, and it became uh, good for me to break the alliance. Oh, no. I told him, this is what's going to happen, and he did not believe me. And then it (laughs) happened, and he happened to be sitting next to me, and he just began pounding on my shoulder with his fist. And I was like, okay, dude, this is not cool. Don't do that. But and I didn't win the game, but and we're actually still friends. I mean, it was a long time ago, but he, you know, obviously you lose touch with people in high school. But I still keep in contact with him every once in a while, and that whole group I'm still friends with. But uh, so that was, I, I mean, I used to play that, and we used to play a lot of D and D when I was a kid. And ironically, I'm out of pretty much out of role playing games. Um, but anyway, so they kind of introduced me at this uh, 
Sioux Falls area gaming enthusiast group to board games. And so did the um, friend of mine who ran the game store or the comic and game store. And so they introduced me to games like Catan and Carcassonne. And uh, I think the one of the ones we played was uh, uh, Knights, uh, not Knights of the Round Table, but the, uh, the, the uh, Camelot game. Shadows over Camelot. Shadows over Camelot, yep. And Dominion. Dominion became one of my all-time favorite games. And, yeah, we just I started playing games like that. And then from there, I would go to con- these conventions and uh, just really began to enjoy the board gaming and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it is. And got. now it's all history. Well, yeah, basically, yeah. Well, so isn't, yeah. isn't life all history, though? As soon as it happens. Yeah, exactly. But, well, at least within a minute or two of it happening. But, yeah. So that was how I got into the board gaming uh, hobby. Nice. And uh, my kids really enjoyed it. They, In fact, my youngest right now is still a serious uh, online and in-person role player. player. Uh, he, has, he does some board games. My oldest doesn't have a lot of time for that anymore, but he does collect Pokemon cards now just because he thinks it's an investment. More than anything else, so it's it's not going to be an investment, not for very long, but for now, I think it is. It's like all those baseball cards I have in my basement and aren't worth the cardboard they're printed on. Nope. Although I do have a couple that I think are worth some money, but not not as much as I've spent over the years on that on that hobby in particular. So, oh, that was another cat. If you heard that, how many cats do you have, Tom? Three, and the one again. Since I'm talking to you. And they, of course, can't see that. They think I'm talking to them. So they're all excited. So do you usually talk to your cats? No. <laughs> okay, yes. But it would be, it would be rude not to. <laughs> it would be rude not to. <laughs> oh, so Tom, if I came over to your house right now, what game is currently sitting out on your dining room table or board game table or um, whatever you play on? Well, right now I'm looking over and I can see Wingspan. I can see Pacific Rails, Inc., Marvel Champions, and Arkham Horror, the uh, LCG. Those oh, nice. Are distance of where I'm looking. Um, I don't really do a lot of playing at my house. I usually play over at Joe's or I have a couple of other buddies where I go and play. Because you had too many Funko Pops. Oh, yeah. You can see those behind me, too. That's my uh, <laughs> Pops Around the World and all the Troll Pops that I have. And you don't want to see what's to the right of me here. Well, yeah, you don't want to see them. <laughs> you might. Yeah. So we're talking uh, before we start recording that you uh, do have a day job. And do you play board games at lunch with your coworkers? Um, used to play cards. Quite a bit. We'd play uh, Hearts or uh, a game called Spades. Some friends of mine taught me that, and so every lunch hour for a while we would do that. But we moved to buildings, and uh, uh, the my department in particular is small, and we don't take lunches at the same time. And I kind of go out to eat now more than anything else, or just to get out of the building. So I don't I play board games during the at lunch. That's too bad. I know you yeah. uh, you're a cribbage player too. I. I have played cribbage in the past. I have not played for quite some time. I would like to again. And I did actually talk to somebody who said there's cribbage tournaments in town. And I'm like, that's, that's what you're saying. I'm like, I want to fight a cribbage tournament, test my I kinda, skills. I kind of want to do that too. And I, but I, what I think I'm going to have to do is go online and try and remember 
kind of the rule. I mean, I know the the how to play the game, but I don't know how to score it and that kind of thing. So I kind of and I have a couple of boards. Actually, I have a, two or three different cribbage boards just because I really like the game. My dad taught it to me years ago. And, it's uh, it's funny to me how. So I learned, or I taught myself how to play, and I bought a, like you said, I, I bought a nice board. I bought a nice, solid one-piece board off of Amazon because I couldn't find a board anywhere. And then I was at Target, and they've got a nice foldable one that holds a deck of cards in there and everything else. It was the same price that I paid for the nice one off of Amazon. And then over the weekend, I was at Goodwill, and there was like a like a travel size one that was oh. beautiful. It was like two bucks, and I'm like, well, I don't need another one. But, man, I couldn't find a cribbage board to save my life, and now I buy one, and they're everywhere. Yep. Well, one of the first things I bought after I got divorced uh, was a one of those multiple game, you know, chess, checkers, backgammon, cribbage, uh, go. Chinese checkers. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like a box. Yeah. You had the the obviously the chess and checkerboard on one side it had the the uh chinese checkers board on the other side it had a go board as an insert it was really nice of course my kids immediately lost every chess piece i had and most of the uh, cribbage pieces disappeared i still have the the box with the chess board on it and i it had a cribbage set in it but yeah when they they weren't interested in learning how to play cribbage um they did like chess and they did like checkers so we played that quite a bit but then yeah, I, I told was, my son uh, backgammon, and he yeah. uh, he oh, beat like, me. They like yeah, he beat me a couple nights ago, and I was like, Are "You kidding me, man?" That's why I don't go all the way chess. down to the end, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't pull it off. That's why I don't play chess because both my kids beat the snot out of me in that game. So oh, I haven't beat my son in chess in a while now. Yeah. When I play chess with my son, it's just a matter of how long can I hold on before he beats me. Checkers, I can kick their behinds, but chess. <laughs> Can't do anything with that. And I can beat him in I can beat him in backgammon too, but that's a lot. That's a game basically. I mean, it's essentially luck. There's some skill to it, but with this, I think there's a lot of skill to backgammon. Is to yeah, but if you, what you move right and rolls, you can't get the right rolls, you're screwed in that game. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the way it is in a lot of games. Yeah, cribbage to me seems like more of a skill game because you can manipulate the cards a little more. But yep. I just haven't played it in a long time. Oh, and then I was that's what I was going to say. I. I was shopping at a local store called Walgreens here, and they had their they had a whole bunch of kind of basic like check check chess checkers, and cribbage and backgammon sets on sale that were uh, themed in football teams. And I'm a Vikings <laughs> fan. Yeah, I'm a Vikings fan. So I bought the Vikings cribbage set. And I keep, That's awesome. I keep threatening to take that over to Joe's because he's a he's a Packers fan. And, you're uh, both wrong. It's it's the Bears. I mean, you're both wrong. So I was a big Bears fan in the '80s. I will tell you that right yeah. now. I, you had to be, especially the year they won the uh, Super Bowl, because that was. Yeah. Well, my ex-wife and used to make teddy bears when we were when we were first married. We made teddy bears. We sewed. You know, I designed a pattern. We'd cut them out and sew them, and I did it all by hand. And so we were big into just bears in general. And that year happened to be the year that we started doing it when they won the World Series or the World Series, the Super Bowl. And uh, all that stuff that went on with those, and I really like Jim McMahon. I think he's the he's the kind of quarterback that I really like in football, or a kind of football player I like who just obviously loves the game. And you get the impression that they would play. Well, granted, they want the money, but that they would play 
as long as they're allowed to play just because it's fun. But yeah, so that's uh, those are the games that are around me right now. Well, I see a whole bunch of fake Pokemon cards too that my kid got me as a joke. So fake Pokemon cards. Well, he for my birthday he gave me a box of Pokemon cards, the Sun and Moon series, and he says I'm pretty sure that these are fake because I got them off a of Wish. <laughs> I said, Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Then they're very good looking <laughs> cards, but I'm pretty sure they're fake. So. <laughs> He thought that good was old fun. wish. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tom, what would be your go-to one-hour game for a full lunch hour? What's your one-hour game? Um, you know, I would probably say, and I, it can take an hour if you're playing with the right group. Wingspan. You know, if you're playing with the right group, I think that you can get four rounds of that done. Even though, because you know you're diminishing. If you played Wingspan, you played it before. You're diminishing mm-hmm. your turns. Every turn you have fewer. Every round you have fewer turns. You only get four rounds. So if you, if you got four people who know what they're doing, and I would say four is the good number for that game, you could get through Wingspan in an hour. Might be a little bit of a push, but I think Wingspan would be the game I would pick. Um, I was that's the, that's the Friday afternoon game. Yeah. Doing? I was going to say Terraforming Mars. Oh, you can't get you can't get Terraforming Mars in in an hour. No, I was going to say I was going to say Terraforming Mars, but that's at a company where they have really liberal, very long lunch hours. Because yeah, that game, I've never played a game of that that lasted less than four hours. Honestly, less than I, four. Well, yeah, and I've played with people who are good at the game, but they also we all the four of us that normally play the game together all want to beat each other real bad. So we're really thinking hard about how we're how we're going to move, so we can try and you know basically screw people, uh, and wreck their turn if we can. But it's a it's a good group of people that like to play that game. But no, I, Wingspan's pushing it. I would say Wingspan's pushing it, but I think you can get that done in an hour. If you wanted to go with something a little more reasonable, probably like a Tiny Epic Galaxies, maybe would work. That's a, I, I like Tiny Epic, Epic Galaxies. Games. Yeah, one of the tiny epic games because those literally are. I mean, they're they're ma- they're meaty games, but in a very small package. Yeah, and I think I like tiny epic galaxies. It's a solid little, yeah, galaxies is by far. I think by far my favorite. I do like tiny epic westerns, but that one I think takes a little longer than an hour because you have to think about you have to remember how poker works. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the few I haven't played. I haven't played that one. And I haven't played some of the newer ones, like Tiny Tactics Epic Dinosaurs. Tiny Epic Dinosaurs is another good one. Yeah, it's on my list. I just haven't. My my shelf of shame is getting too large, and I'm trying to stop buying games. I say that, but I had three show up in the mail today. So, <laughs> well, if you listen to our podcast, um, Joe has still been buying a lot of games, but my <laughs> my acquires are down to. I mean, I'm basically occasionally buying a Funko Pop or two, and that's, a you know, we count those. Um, I do have a couple things that I have on order that haven't come in yet. or that, And I stopped doing Kickstarters a couple years ago, other than going through the store in town that we do, they'll, they'll do Kickstarters for us, like at a retail level. I, I want to support the local game stores. And I honestly, when uh, Terraforming Mars, that's when I did it. When Terraforming Mars put their expansion out on Kickstarter. I just went, nope, then I'm done. Stronghold Games has no reason, in my opinion, which doesn't make it right, but it's my opinion, 
that they have no reason to be on Kickstarter. And I asked, I actually had a chance to talk to Steve Bonacord about it when he was with them at Geekway to the West. And I said, what is the deal with going on to Kickstarter? And he says, well, it's a pre-order system for us. It's guaranteed pre-order. Yep. It's pre-orders. I said, yep. I said you, you don't need to do this, do you? And he says, no. But now we know how many to produce and we can skip the retailers, which he basically is saying, I'm screwing the friendly local game store. And that's what it is. And I think, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of manufacturers are going to that kind of thing. Well, I, and I, I've talked about it before with, I think with you guys uh, on your podcast, before it became a live video cast, which I've also been on. Yeah. But then I realized as I'm on there, I'm like, this is why I do podcasts. I, I don't have a face for live TV. <laughs> Oh, you're fine. Put a hat on and you're good. <laughs> Put a hat on, turn the lights down real low. Nobody will notice. Let the beard grow out a little more again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's it's getting grayer and grayer. I'll um, tell you what, there's this stuff called Control GX. Not that I've ever used it or anything like that, but, you know, it's uh, it's pretty good. And it works on uh, facial hair, too. I'm not worried about it. I, my, my kids... My kids are giving me every one of these hairs. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what, you know, is happening to Kickstarter is it's becoming a pre-order system for the big game stores or big game manufacturers that it makes smaller game manufacturers really struggle to make ends meet. Like, we, we were both, well, and including Joe, we were all fans of chlorination and we couldn't, it couldn't do it. It couldn't break through. And that was a yeah. solid game. My understanding is they're they're going back on Kickstarter, though, from what I've heard. Well, yeah, because we, we did a review of that. It's a swimming game, right? Yep. Yeah, we did a review of that. We pushed the crap out of it. And I don't know if, if it's passed. I, in fact, I could look, I suppose. But if it's passed the funding stage and it didn't make it, you yeah. said? Yeah, he it, it did not make it. Dang it. That, that was a good game. It was a, yep. It, and I and I don't know about you. Have you ever heard of any other swimming themed games? No, and not just. The, I mean, yeah, it, it's such a good theme. But it does seem like it's a way to skip the the local game store, which you know now having a little bit of a skin in that game. Yeah, that, that even makes me less happy. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll we'll get to that here in just a minute. Let's get through the, these last few questions, sure. and then we'll we'll talk about your game store. A lunch half hour, a 30-minute or less game, Tom. What are you playing? Um, probably playing Get to the Restaurant and Back to My Car. Honestly, I, I don't think there's anything I would be able to play in a half an hour that would satisfy me in game-wise. What? So, yeah, I know. Not even- I, I'm a kind of a crunchy thinker game guy. I do like some of these filler games. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, 54321, is that the name of that game? The card game worth the chickens? Oh gosh, you can't think of the name, but that'd be it. Actually, it's a really good game you can play a number of times in about fifteen minutes. But I can't think of the name of it now. Joe will know, and he'll give me grief about it on Friday when I see him. That I couldn't. We'll give you grief about it tomorrow when I tell him. True. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, you'll rat me out. Um, I'll rat you out. Don't worry. No, I can't remember what the name of the game is, but all I remember is it's kind of a trick-taking game where you want to be to have, I think, the least of something, and it's got chickens or roosters on it that change things. And it it was a, we played that one a lot. The other one, I guess, that's pretty good is Quirkle. You can get Quirkle yep. in, in a half an hour. Yeah, you can do Quirkle in half an hour. And I like Quirkle. 
I like a good roll and write for a good 30 minute yeah. game. Yeah. Um, we played a lot of Ganshan's clever and I got kind of tired of that. Um, but guy download the other boards, man. Yeah. Well we play and we played it actually in person. So, but, uh, I, I don't mind welcome to, I don't like a lot of the expansions to welcome to and welcome to Las Vegas was extremely disappointing to me. But the regular Welcome to I like quite a bit. That's a good one. I, st- I still have yet to play that. I keep every time uh, Joe and I set up a time to play it, one of us backs <laughs> one of us backs uh, out. Welcome to or Welcome to Las Vegas. Well, welcome to. I've never played any of them. Oh. So. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, and, and I love rolling rights and the flipping right and all that. And uh, I'm like, yeah. you know, and Joe's got it. And he's like, oh yeah, and I. I printed off uh, a score sheet off a of board game geek. I laminated it. And Joe and I were going to play that he couldn't. Then we were going to play that I couldn't. No, I've still not yeah. played it. It's been too long. At the store, willing there'll be some time where we can maybe just say, "Hey, you know, we're at the store. We'll we'll get this running, and we can still help customers and stuff." Oh, and then the other one that dawned on me. The other one I I kind of like is Flux. I have a ton of Flux games. Those can be. Those can. Those can take. I think the longest I've ever played that game was at Geekway to the West. We played it for two hours, the same game. Nobody came. One, like, you know, one, one game went two hours because we had, I think, eight people playing or something like that. So the rules kept changing. The goals kept changing. The cards kept getting shuffled up, and it was like you could never get everybody to get it together. But it That's too many went, people. <laughs> oh, yeah, way too many people. But it was late, and, and it was fun. It was okay. But Flux is usually, is really is a kind of a really good go to quick game, and I like that one quite a bit. So, a hidden gem or a guilty pleasure game? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna tell Joe. Joe Mon- Joe's gonna listen to this. I know Monopoly. <laughs> Honestly, I love Monopoly. You know what? I do too, and it's one of those games that gets a lot of disparagement amongst the elite gaming community. But it's a fun game. If you play it the right way. Play with the right play, rules. If you play it with people who who are just want to have some fun. You don't have to think too hard about it. It's a lot of fun. It's That's my guilty kind of guilty pleasure. And I always, I always defend Monopoly when I see people running it down. I love Monopoly. It's what yeah. really got me into gaming. Um, it's what got me into games with strategy, even though you can argue there isn't strategy. Uh, yeah. But it's really what got me into the game as a hobby and really the gaming as that can take time, you know, because as a kid, you played like Yahtzee and it was, you know, quick and then shoots and ladders and Candyland. They're all these fast. Even yeah. Clue can be a pretty fast game. But like Monopoly, yeah. when you sit down, you're in it. You're in it for the long haul. And yeah. uh, I love it. Oh, yeah. I actually what just showed up in my house today was anti-monopoly by Ralph Onspach. Um, I have one of the, uh, it was an unopened copy from like the seventies and I nicked it off eBay. So oh, I'm excited wow. to sit down and play anti-monopoly. That sounds interesting. I've not heard of that. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. It's a long story. I saw that question and my first thought was I could have said clue because clue is in there too. Oh. I, I love Clue. Um, I like a lot of the old games. I mean, uh, Risk. Risk, if you don't want to think too hard and just want to conquer the world from Australia, that's a good game. That's <laughs> um, everybody. Conquer yeah. the world from Australia. Well, the first thing you um, learn when you play the game is somebody 
you don't, you know, you think I'm going to take the United States, I'll take Russia, and then some someone just says, oh, well, I guess I'll, you know, I'll take Australia. Don't, you know, don't worry about me down here in Australia. And then they just, boom, sweep up and, oh, now I know. And so then the next thing, time you play it, you do the Australia thing. And <laughs> and you don't win usually when you do that because you don't do it right. But, yeah. it's <laughs> You'll figure it out eventually. You do. You do. And actually, I, I would bet almost anybody who's ever won that game, the first time they ever won it was via Australia. <laughs> went through, they started in Australia and went up and took over the world. So. Because Africa is hard because you've got two ways into Africa, especially down in the bottom southern part. Uh, the United States is tough, but Australia has that one way in and one way out. And if you can defend yep. Australia and then move through, you're you're in good shape. Absolutely. So, those are my guilty so, pleasures. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the old Parker Brothers Milton no, Bradley classics. There are not. You're right. There's Strategic nothing wrong with those. Yeah. Never been a big fan of Stratego, but it's it's okay. Oh, I like Stratego too. That one. So Stratego, my son plays it like chess, and so oh yeah, one of his one of his big uh, strategies is if he finds like your one or your two, he'll hunt it down with his one or two, and then like he's like, well, if I don't have if you don't have your two and I don't have my two, then nobody has a two. And it's like, but I. I want my two. And he's like, well, but you know, now neither one of us have one. I'm like, yeah, it's like playing him in chess. He'll take, he'll take out my queen with his queen. He's like, well, now nobody has a queen. Right. Now you have and to I'm like a rook or a bishop or something. Like, oh, good no. grief. Sorry about that. It's ripping time. Evidently. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know where he, this is my three legged cat who moves faster than the other cats that I have. And he, uh, so, he just hang on. Hey God, you have three cats and one has three legs. Yes. I got suckered into that cat. You never heard that story? I don't, I don't okay. think I have, though. I have friends who live in a rural area on a kind of an acreage, and they have a ton of cats. I get a message one day. Hey, we have a kitten here. She's she's only, and at the time it was she, only has three legs. We're afraid she won't make it through the winter. So I said, okay. And I have a thing for three-legged cats. I dang near adopted one a bunch of years ago, but it had feline leukemia, and I couldn't bring it into my other cats. Well, anyway, so I said, okay, fine. So I went out to go see this cat, this kitten, and when I got there, she was on a uh, an island. She was sitting on an island in the kitchen, and she leaped off the island and ran through the kitchen, and then she came back and leaped back up onto the island. Still didn't think anything about that. I, she was cute. And, of course, I had brought my carrier, so I pretty much knew at that point I was going to get her. And I took her into the vet after I got her and had her checked out. She had ear mites because she's a farm cat. Yeah. We yep. had worms because she's a farm cat. Yep, yep. And I, had, <laughs> so I got all that fixed. I took her in again to have another exam, and they checked her out, and she'd gain. And she's tiny. I mean, she when I got her, she was literally maybe the size of my palm. And she was supposedly eight weeks old when I got her. She was two months. But it was like, wow, she's really tiny. I can't imagine. But no, she was born in May, and I got her in September. So whatever. That's like four months, actually. So I took her into the vet, and then they they said, yeah, she's gained a little bit of weight. and she's The worms are gone. The ear mites are gone. She seems fine. When do you want to have her fixed? I said, well, probably in a couple of weeks. I'll look at that. Well, she's sitting on my lap cleaning herself, and all of a sudden I notice something pop up. Oh, my. And my first thought was, that doesn't seem right for a girl cat. So I, I looked it up on the Internet, 
to see how you and when you go when you do this, you have to be very careful on how to sex a kitten. Yeah, you have to be very careful on the internet when you're at Google. Well, anyway, it turns out that it is very difficult until a certain point in their lives to tell the sex of a kitten. And I've had cats literally all my life, and they've turned out to be whatever sex I was told they were. Well, she was not a she; she was a he, which was good because it's a lot less expensive to get them fixed. But it's like, well, crap! I, I was I had her name. His name was at the time was Skipper Louise because Skipper Lou skipped to my Lou. Well, then I just thought, okay, she's still going to be Skipper, but just going to be Skipper Lou, like in Lewis. And so it's worked out. But the funny thing is the vet still calls her a female or him a female, even though they fixed him. I'm fixed. And the same vet will, will send me an email saying it's time for your Skipper Lou's, Skipper Louise or whatever it is uh, for her exam. <laughs> it's not a her. You fixed her. But in defense, again, of the vet, it does say it, even for professionals, it's difficult to tell until certain things develop and then they can tell. And they hadn't developed until that very moment, I guess, when I noticed it. Yeah. And I was able to get him fixed. But yeah, so he's the one that's ripping around. But he's only got the, he was born without his left paw, I think. Yes. Yeah, oh, no, his right paw. He's born without his right paw. It's about maybe from the elbow down, it's gone. And he's fine. He just, he doesn't, I, he doesn't know he doesn't have it. But what I figured out was they suckered me because <laughs> it dawned on me about a week later that this cat was jumping off of about a four foot uh, counter back onto a four foot counter. And he was born on a farm. He's a farm cat. He would have been fine. I think he would have survived fine. He would have been the toughest cat in the bunch. But I ended up taking him. And now he's a now he's a wimpy little house cat. Oh, but he man. loves both my other cats, even though, even though the one hates him. So, but he'll come up and check. He's uh he's made my life interesting. My ex told I told her I was thinking about getting the kitten. And she said, "Well, you know." If he lives to be 20 years, you're going to be 79 years old. I did, or 78 years old. And I went, just shut up. Thank said, you. Why are you going to take care of him when, he said, when you're that old? I said, well, yeah, I won't have a choice. That's how that <laughs> works with a pet. I've had them literally since I was born. I've had, I've had a cat in my life. But, uh, all right. So back, back, to, yeah, back to the, exactly. the podcast here. Back to board gaming. Yeah. Uh, if a game has colors... Is there a certain color that you prefer or have to be? I don't have to be any color. Um, I used to always say I didn't have a preference for color. And for some reason, when that happens, you get stuck with a color. And I seem to <laughs> always get stuck with yellow. Yellow? It's a yeah. good color. I know. And, uh, well, and uh, so for so. so my default is usually I will go with pink if it's available just because I'm defiant like that in regard right. to stereotypes and stuff. I don't care what color I am. Um, I really don't, but I will generally, if an option is available, pick yellow or pink. Those are my two go-tos. Uh, we played a game called Domination yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. It's Taste Monday. Yeah, yesterday we played a game called Domination, which is a card driven or tile laying tech tree sieve sieve type game and the colors were gray black white and maroon or red and i just without thinking reached out and took the gray so that was my color there but if they'd had yellow i think i would have probably taken the yellow 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yellow has kind of become my default. <laughs> yeah. I like, your default. Well, uh, I play with people who will always take blue or purple first. Yeah. I, fine. Yeah. Edward, my son, always takes purple. That's why purple's in the game fences. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah. Makes sense. He, because he wanted, you know, yep. it's my game. I could put over colors in there I want. Exactly. So, if you want pink, you could. Yeah. Yeah, so we put purple in there because that's his favorite color, and uh, you know, red because it's my favorite color, and then the other two colors because they looked good with purple and red. <laughs> there you go, yeah, yeah. So we already talked about Kickstarter, how you're kind of off of it, but uh, I want to yeah. talk about your your game shop, you and Joe, and the other guy whose name it just now escapes me, Jason. Yeah, Jason Kainer. Yep, you guys are opening a game shop there, and. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. In Sioux Falls area, yep. It's it's a community called Harrisburg, and it's kind of on the outskirts of Harrisburg in a in a uh, kind of industrial area. But it's going to be a a very large space with a retail side and a play side, a, a, a play area, uh, which will include the li- our library, which basically is Joe's old game room. Uh, I think it's over 1,500 games that he has available to play. <laughs> yeah, but basically, it's, he outgrew his game room. And this is still, I think that became the impetus for him to uh, open It's serious about opening the game shop. So. No, no, honey, this is for a game shop I'm going to open in 10 years. Yeah. Trust me, trust me. Well, his wife, Jess, is just ex- extremely supportive of him and has been a big, huge help in getting this thing running, so... I have not had as much time as I would like to get in there and work on getting the shop into shape for opening, but Jason and Joe both have done a really exceptional job of getting it ready. Um, and I think we'll be ready to open maybe even a week or so before we might have a soft opening before the grand opening, but I honestly don't know in regard to that yet. Uh, no, I, I, that's exciting. Um, I wish I could be up there, uh, but you know, obviously they started a new job, so I got to, wait on some vacation time to crew sure. and that sort of thing. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely make it up there at some point. I hope so. Yeah. We, we look forward to any, have you sign some copies of the games and play it with people and get them all excited about fences. That's yeah, actually one of the more fun tiling. Cause I think I mentioned Carcassonne was one of the kind of gateway games for me. And when I first saw fences, my thought was, Oh, it's sort of Carcassonne ish. Then I realized there's some major differences, but it's got similar mechanics and is a lot of fun. And the theme, of course, fits really well in the Midwest. So, Oh, yeah. Kind of yeah. neat. Killer art. I love the art we had. Art is great. Uh, uh, can't get past Joe being Farmer Joe in there. but <laughs> This cowboy hat with the oh, sunglasses. Yeah. And I, I told him when we, uh, when we promote fences, anytime we promote fences, you're going to have to wear that hat and the sunglasses. I, I said he should offer to sign every copy that people buy. Oh, that would have been awesome, yeah. You know, so. sign, sign his card, right? Right, right then and there. Yep. Well, and I know he did that for you, and I we talked yep. about this, of course, and I forgot completely about it because that's how my mind works, that you that said, he signed it for you at Geekway, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep, yep, down there at Geekway, down Which here in good old where I actually met you and completely forgot about that. <laughs> but I think, in my defense, that was also the same year that Tom Vassell was there. So uh, he probably. was there promoting Western Legends, I think, or something like that. Was that the game? 
I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Kent, there. It was a thrill to meet you as well, but this was Tom Vassell. I mean, come on. <laughs> he was like six foot eight or something like that. Good God, he's a tall man, which I didn't realize. Because, you know, he's only this tall on the computer screen. So Yeah, yeah, he looks so small on the yeah. computer screen. It makes me wonder what Z Garcia and uh, 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 Sam Healy look like when they're in real life. So you never know you're going to meet down there. Yeah, you don't. And that was I met Jamie Stegmeyer there uh, the first year I ever went, but I was asked to try and find him because one of our friends is was one of the. It's not an, I wouldn't say an envoy because I don't think he has envoys, but she somehow got involved with uh, Euphoria when it when it was coming out, she got in contact with him and offered to take pictures of the game for publicity. And so she got to know him pretty well. And, uh, I actually won a copy of the game in a raffle, which, so I won a free game for 50 bucks was what I spent on the raffle tickets. Uh, and it's like a $40 game. So I spent 10 more than I needed to, but I got the Kickstarter edition, which was great. Um, and it is actually, I think I've mentioned, or Euphoria. Yeah, I've mentioned Euphoria as my favorite, probably, game at this point. All the wingspan is sort of starting to edge it out a little bit. Um, so I got to meet him, so that was kind of fun. And then I met Tom Vassell, and I met you. Those are my celebrity meets. From, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to know I'm on the same level as uh, Tom Vassell and uh, Jamie yeah, Stegmaier. Yeah, Little above, a little above uh, Jamie for sure. Yeah, obviously, because Jamie's got some issues. Jamie's got some issues with uh, retail stores as well. So, but I won't, I won't get into that right now. But I'm excited happens. for you guys to get the game store open. Uh, I can't wait to. I don't know if I'll ever just accidentally find myself in South Dakota. It'd be kind of a far way to go to accidentally get lost, but uh, mm-hmm. I will make a point to About get up there. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I looked it uh, up. It's like eight or nine hours, and it just kind of just goes straight up. Yep. All I know is when I've gone down to Geekway, I've, I've stopped at uh, I've stopped in Kansas City. The one year I stopped in Kansas City and watched a, a Royals game, and the other years that I went, I just went straight down. Yeah, yep. uh, it'll be interesting. I, I look forward to it. I made I've made some good friends down there. You know, yeah, I've made I, I've made a lot. I've made Joe and you. Yep. Uh, it's it's amazing. You know, like I always say at the end of my podcast, you know, board games build bridges, but it, they really do. And oh yeah, when uh, chlorination went off, and I was talking with him, and he was like, "Do you know any artists I would be looking for work?" And I'm like, "I do." And so yeah. I contacted an artist and said, "Hey, you might be getting an email from this guy about this game." And then I contacted the designer and said, "Hey, this guy said, you know, you." You know, you should get a hold of him. So, you know, well, you can yeah, play matchmaker that way. And exactly, are the chlorination people? Are they from the St. Louis area as well, or are they? Uh, no, they're else? from Sweden. Oh gosh, well, yeah, that's a that's a heck of a bridge. Then that's a bridge that's across a big... yards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really big bridge. Yeah, it's a very very long bridge to Nor- to Sweden. I, I wouldn't advise driving across it. I <laughs> I would not. I would not. It would frighten me. So yeah, the day wouldn't they have car the, that I wouldn't be the safest bridge to drive across either. No, no, because I'm not sure if that Mariana Trench will allow you to put foundations down in time. So yeah, be I'm gonna scary. go with probably not. I think a, I think <laughs> an airplane would be better. So. But. 
It'd probably be yeah. safer. Probably be faster. Yeah, it'd be safer for sure. I'm not sure about well, faster for sure too. Because <laughs> people forget how big the world is. I mean, oh, just yeah? driving across the United States is a, like a six day trip. Well, I, know I mean, we, when the pandemic started, they were doing all the Cannonball Run. Remember that? I don't. There was no. Yeah, at the very beginning, when nobody was out in the roads because everybody was, you know, at home. Oh yeah. They, these people were running the Cannonball Run, and they set like world records because there was nobody out there, and they're averaging like a ninety-eight or one hundred and five miles an hour across the U.S. Oh my God, that'd be ridiculous. Traveling is interesting. I I still like I still enjoy it, and I I look forward to going down to. I was trying to figure out. Uh, for Geekway, if I would be able to see a baseball game, and I believe the season actually ends the Sunday Probably before the... Geekway. It ends yeah. October 1st, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like the last home well, game. We'll is... make the playoffs. We'll make the playoffs. The Cardinals yeah, will be in the afford, playoffs. Don't you worry. Afford playoff baseball, and with my luck, it'd be in whatever city it's the other team is in. So <laughs> They won't have home field. <laughs> you know, the only time I've ever seen uh, the field there, was it Bush Stadium? Is that in St. Louis? Yep. Is from the top of the arch. Where if I can't you can't go wrong with to, that either. Nope. Well, if you wanted to, you could sit up on the top of the arch with a pair of binoculars and watch a game. I know that. Be like watching uh, very, very small people play yeah, with a very, a, very, very, very tiny ball. Would be a it'd be a cheaper ticket than going to the stadium though. Get up on the arch. So yeah, it depends how you play the game, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh it was it was I like going down there. That's one of my one of those cities I didn't know if I'd like it or not, and it turns out it's it's pretty it's a pretty good city. I've been here for a while. We got a, yeah. we got a couple good breweries. We got a couple good uh, gaming shops. We got a we got a board game cafe now. Oh, nice! It's all kinds, of, yeah, all we kinds to, of fun stuff. We went to Miniature Market. Joe and I went to Miniature Market when we were there for the Geekway. We both went to. Yeah, and that was interesting. That's a dangerous place. Yep. Oh, we well, we'd both been to Fantasy Flight games in Minneapolis, and this reminded me a lot of Fantasy Flight. I don't think do they have the cafe though. They don't have a cafe there at Miniature Market. But that's one thing that Fantasy Flight has. I still remember the first time I walked into Fantasy Flight, and I'd known Joe for a couple of years, and I, I walk in and I'm just just like, awestruck. My my, my jaw literally dropped, and I start looking around. And I see things, and I start just snapping pictures and sending them to Joe. You got to come here. You got to come here sometime. And so like the next like six months later, I think, or even less than that, it may have been. Like three months later, he and I and another guy came went up to Minneapolis to go to Fantasy Flight. It was like that was an awesome trip. So, and I really no. liked Miniature Market. It was it reminded me because they have the same big game room outside off the just off their uh, off their uh, which is I think what kind of inspired us with Average Joe's. We you know we've got the big game room, huge game room. I mean, lots of space to play games with the library, and then the retail spaces right next to it in it's essentially through a what's going to be a big it is a big archway like a castle uh door With all custom tiles that jason's been making. yeah which are really cool he's done a really good job with those um, awesome and so you then you go into and there'll be play space in the retail space too there's uh we have an oculus we'll have oculus uh riffs is that what that's called the oculus the 3d thing which is freaky realistic we have some video game area and a little bit of a lounge area where you can sit and watch TV or whatever. 
or uh, you know, talk about board games with friends and just rest a little bit. And the snacks will be available. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get yep. up there. We're about two and a half weeks out. I think the opening day is the is the third, the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. So nice, yeah, nice. Looking forward to it. So if people want to get in contact with you, Tom, the best way is probably to catch you on Fridays on the Average Joe podcast. The podcast that we do it live on uh, Facebook, and I believe it's uploaded to YouTube in a, about a day or two after that. Uh, you can find us on Average Joe's Gaming. We did reach 100 subscribers, so we have our own custom URL. But if you type in Average Joe's Gaming, you're going to see our podcast along with Joe's wife, Jess, and her book stuff. She does a great job with those as well. So uh, it's a lot of fun doing that. This is one thing, you know, we started doing this podcast about two and a half or three years ago. And I've been three years, yep. Yeah, and we, well, I think we did it on and off for about a year and then kind of got serious about it two years ago. Uh, and they've tried to do it every week. We missed uh, a couple weeks ago just because the store is. In a, at a play, was at a place where we needed to get some stuff done that instead. And uh, but well, now we you're shooting it live at the store. Yep. Now we shoot it live at the store. We're trying to figure out what we want to do in regard to that, as far as maybe setting up some kind of booth that we can do it from, or if we're going to start doing it maybe after store closing and putting it out just as a podcast and YouTube broadcast, uh, or if we want to do it live with people in the store. There's a obviously. Uh, Pluses some and drawbacks, minuses. Some drawbacks to doing it live. Uh, we yeah. have had to actually withdraw a show uh, because of some comments that got made when we were doing it live, and they weren't family friendly. So we ended up withdrawing that episode. But uh, uh, just for time. my listeners, I was not part of that one. No, that was not, <laughs> one, that was not one of your episodes. Uh, that was that was actually just a anyway. It's a long story, but um, long story short, yeah. it wasn't mean. That's all that matters. Exactly, <laughs> and that's it. You know, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't Joe. It was just an outside comment that got it's unfortunate, hurt and we needed to delete it, and we couldn't really delete just the comment, so we ended up having to delete the whole episode. But, and then of course, there's the infamous uh, episode that didn't record, which turns out was our best episode ever. I, that's and what nobody, always happens. Nobody heard it. Yeah, I mean, we were on point with all kinds of interesting information and. Uh, you know, had brilliant commentary and such. And <laughs> Tom, witty, Tom witty I've listened quick. and watched him in part of many of your episodes. There's no way anything you're saying is remotely true. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It was the best podcast ever broadcast that didn't get broadcast. Of the, any the, podcast the, in the history of all podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my story. I am sticking to that. I don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Tom, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Uh, wish you guys luck with your sh uh, your shop opening up here soon, and uh, we'll definitely be plugging it again um, on the on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash eat lunch and board game. And as always, you can reach out to me via email at eat lunch and board game at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. Mm -hmm. 
Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.